Uh, right, hello and welcome to today's uh, podcast. It's the 15th of June 2020. Uh, my name is Adrian Boothy. I'm the Head of Trading here at TrendSignal and today uh, we're going to be talking about the Fed uh, and its little um, banana skin, uh, if you like, on the markets last week. Um, second wave coming through affecting the stock markets and the currency markets, commodity markets as well. Uh, join me as ever uh, today is Jerry Miller. Hello, Jerry. Uh, hello, all. Hi. Um, so, Jerry, do you want to um, kick us off? I mean, that was a that was a massive fall last week, wasn't it? On the, on that Thursday. the thing is, this was all has all been sort of expected for a while. I mean, there have been headlines on the FT about hedge funds preparing for another big sell-off. Uh, a lot of analysts and economists saying that you know the stock market is almost disconnected with reality. And yet it kept um, going higher. It's, it, it's a bit like the stock market boom that we had been having, though. Everyone's talking about it, you know, can't keep going high, and yet it just does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I, I, th I think, you know, we, we've swapped a few ideas and messages on Skype and stuff over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, the fact of the matter is investors are buoyed by the fact that you've got not only the U.S. central bank or, you know, all the global central banks on your side, but you've also got governments spending unprecedented amounts of money. It's like you've got this almost like a, a, a put option to protect yourself uh, in yeah. the form of um, these institutions, central banks and governments. And it's and that's what's happened. But it's only can only go so far. Uh, and you you've mentioned Tina before now as I have that there is no alternative to equities and there isn't and that's what the central banks are trying to achieve they don't want people hoarding money they want people spending investing it yeah uh, well, they say that Tina's even more um more now, I'm trying to think of the right word now, than it was a few months ago because you know interest rates are even lower now, even less arguments yeah. Yeah. about potential. And, and you know, go, going go, going back to what you were saying, what the banana skin with the yeah. Fed wasn't really a banana skin, but it was certainly um, something that um, sort of surprised the market a little bit. Um, I think a lot of participants knew or know that the economy has been through a bad time, but I think to hear that record low interest rates are going to be going to be kept by the Fed until 2022 at the earliest. And it was a, sort of quite a dire warning about growth and jobs altogether um, that really sort of spooked the markets. And of course, you know, um, the uh, the thing that really sort of perhaps had the straw that broke the camel's back last week was the um, another poor reading on these weekly initial claims, you know, not not the yeah. Not the not the monthly ones, the non-farm payroll, but the weekly ones that that come in. Yeah, you can see there. I mean, some of the countdown. Well, I, I wanted to have a quick look at this. We 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 look at the countdown sort of every so often, don't we? And uh, just showing it on the screen now, those that are, are watching, not just just listening. Uh, we're going through to the 17th of March 2021 uh, meeting, so just 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 a bit shy of a year uh, away. Uh, and that's 100% likely that's what's being priced in at the moment for uh, no change. I mean, that's yeah. just as far as it goes on this uh, it's, webpage it's not here. So you can look at the next five or six meetings and it's nothing, nothing happening. Yeah. And, and these forward expectations aren't based on some sort of poll or anything like that. These are based on the market, uh, the instruments that are traded on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. So they use the forward forward rates. Uh, and you can actually get further forward that, but they become a little uh, volatile, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. 
but there are the expectation is not surprisingly the market the market is sometimes at odds with the fed though so with the fed may say we're keeping interest rates until you know at zero until uh, 2022 and you suddenly find out that the market's expecting them to raise them or something but that isn't yeah, the case they here believe the guidance fully, but clearly they do yeah correct yeah um and i think having cut rates the way they have done i think the market has been in this sort of battle putting out the fires and i think eventually now the market has seen the, the, the fact that this will cause the dollar to weaken but not when you get a spike in volatility like we saw last week that's why you saw a sudden rush into dollars again all the safe haven knee-jerk reaction that you would uh, normally expect to see so that's sterling having had a good run up at it against the dollar like the euro adrian yeah. and then bang yeah. you know, i mean sterling got affected as well by um some pretty horrendous uh, GDP, monthly GDP data on Friday. I mean, horrendous, expected really, um, not unexpected, yeah, expected, yeah. but still horrendous. Yeah, I mean, we can see the calendar here. So on Thursday um, last week, we had those unemployment claims, as you said, which was pretty much um, you know, marginally better than expected, pretty much bang on expectations. But it's that it's that month on month 20% fall uh, in UK yeah. GDP. Uh, and GDP, um, that's effectively the size of the economy, isn't it? Gross domestic product, uh, Jerry. So effectively, yeah. the, the economy has shrunk by a fifth uh, in the last month. And that's on top of last month's reading, which was what, about 5%? Uh, or 5 yeah, yeah. So, so you're talking about a, um, a quarter of the, uh, the economy is contracted by a quarter in the last couple of months but again it's not unexpected because we told everyone to stay at home not work you're a quarter of the workforce furloughed which means they're yeah. not producing any wealth at all well, we didn't really expect anything else but it's still shocking when you get it and the worst previous monthly decline was two percent <laughs> two so uh, it's 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 pretty shocking it's just shocking across the board but that's uh the sort of the effects of the success of the lockdown, uh, if you wanted to call that, it it's, uh, doesn't doesn't uh, perhaps is a, a perverse way of describing it. But uh, there's nothing else that we could have expected. Uh, that's that's where it's going to go. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I guess on the plus side, we've got the consumer sentiment, which is slightly higher than expected. And of course, that's how, as a measure, we talked about this last week, a measure of how people are feeling. And of course, how one feels is, you know, how much you're likely to get your wallet out and start spending, uh, isn't it? So it's more of a leading indicator as opposed yeah. to these sort of retrospective uh, lagging uh, indicators that a lot of economic data is. Yeah, I, mean, I guess if you if you could ask those people that um, responded to the University of Mich Michigan questionnaire when this... Um, consumer sentiment numbers produced if you ask them on friday following the dump on thursday i bet they wouldn't be feeling so confident now remember in the us unlike in the uk and europe a lot of us there's a big holding of uh, equities 35 percent of uh, investments are held in individual stock holdings by uh, retail investors nothing like yeah. that it's about it's about 15 percent here in the uk it's a um, very different thing i mean uh, you know those listeners are not not totally aware of the difference between the UK and the US. There's no real state pension in the in the States. There's a lot of employee pension, um, employment pensions. And what tends to happen is people tend to manage their own pensions. So whilst we've got self-invested personal pensions here, 
you know, we might put a few, we, some people may, ch a lot of people don't actually bother with those. They just go with the, the, the regular pensions. Some people, when they do have a self-invested personal pension, they just put it into a few funds. Whereas in the States, yeah, they'll use exchange traded funds, but actually there's a lot more trading of individual equities. Mm. And of course, what that means is um, that a lot more people are more clued up about the stock market, there's a lot more actively traded uh, mm. stocks in the US than they are in the UK. You know, when you're staring at your um, statements, we're not looking at in the UK at our pension statement every week as to what it's worth. Whereas if you're actively investing your pension, then you are going to be looking at it regularly on top of any other stock investments you might have. It's going to have a dramatic impact on your your positivity um, and the way you feel because you're constantly okay. looking at the, the measure of the stock market. It's a huge yardstick in um yeah it's probably the wrong word in in, in consumer confidence absolutely. well it is yeah absolutely when people look at their um, performance of their portfolio that fills them with a bit of joy when they find that the markets have the economies have reopened that fills them with a lot of joy and, and, and i remember you know, when 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 companies like bp were taking a, the, the, the big crash you know sort of february march and you know, people were saying, oh, yeah, but that means, you know, petrol prices is going to be cheaper. Yeah, but your pensions will have taken a hit. Problem is, a lot of people don't, they don't care about that, but they don't know it because it's, it's an invisible thing because they don't know what proportion of their pension holding is in uh, BP. And in fact, most people, if they're on a state pension, they get that anyway. It doesn't matter um, really what's going on with BP uh, or other co large companies. You know, it's, it's, it's almost irrelevant uh, mm. to people's behavior uh, because they don't know. They don't really think no. about stocks. It doesn't enter their, their frame of reference. Uh, really. No, that's right. Uh, and as you say, you know, the immediate impact on people is cheaper petrol prices. But who's buying petrol? <laughs> yeah. All this petrol is so cheap that I'm not buying. Yeah. I'm not buying. Still yeah. Not once in the last like 12 weeks or something. Yeah. So, so that's made a big difference. But so anyway, so um, Jay Powell, the chairman of the Fed, he was the one that sort of set the whole thing going last week. Uh, and I think it was the, as we've said, the uh, sudden. Like, I tell you what. Ordinarily, the market wouldn't have sort of perhaps um, fallen out of bed on the back of those initial claims, the unemployment data. But I think it was following on from the Fed, and it was like, oh, come on, give us some good news, give us give us a good decent bit of data. And I think it was in line with the consensus. But I think they, the market was wanting something a bit more upbeat. And I think uh, all it did this data, whilst it was the consensus, I think it underpinned the message from the Fed the day before that things were going to be pretty dire for. A couple of years and i think that's what yeah. just is like someone pulled the plug out of the bath and um, wow did it uh, did it fall six percent adrian that's, i think that's there's also i think there's also a lot of sort of scared retail money in it shall we say that have been buying up on these highs you know just the fear fear of missing out fomo uh, and all of a sudden you know the market starts sliding 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 and people just panic don't they you know you know it's not necessarily the experienced investors it might be a lot of the, the new investors who are jumping into this once in a lifetime opportunity that was the stock market crash uh, and of yeah. course they'll they'll get into the stock market quickly and they'll probably exit the stock market very very quickly uh, yeah. as well for, uh, for, for, for no reason uh, other than the fact that other people were selling it so i'll sell it for the same reason they've been buying it because everyone else is buying it well people don't um, want to see the gains that um you know that they've had they don't want to see them uh, eroded do they quickly no. lock in something that while while we can um you know just yeah, in case and, and, another big crash happened, like 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 February March, you know. And another symptom of uh, of uh, the the sell off, the, the the VIX index. We we often talk about the, the fear and greed index. Wow, 
I mean, did that jump? I mean, that was trading, gosh, I don't know, down in the sort of 20s, wasn't it? Uh, maybe lower. Uh, but anyway, it... Uh, yeah, let's it, have a quick, quick look. Can we just... Um, it, 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 yeah. Um, brokers' prices in the UK are always very different because they sort of create this sort of weird cash price. But around 24, 25 uh, went down to uh, on the cash fix. And then it spiked yeah. up on what Thursday to forty. I mean, that's a that's a massive rise, really. Yeah, so it's up I mean, that's against normal 43. normal lows of around twelve. Uh, is is typically yeah. where we would. be a uh, relative low if you like uh, it's going to be a long while before we get down to around 12s again i would think that's for sure <laughs> uh, yeah um, almost certain um and i and I, I think to see that sort of jump because the market basically fell six percent this this is the biggest candle that that um fall on the s p the dow and the nasdaq remember the nasdaq made record highs early on in the week and that fall, that's the biggest since early March or mid-March when we're in the, the middle of the um, pandemic sell-off. Yeah. Incredible. Well, I mean, that, that kind of thing, that's, that's one of the, the biggest falls. We're just looking at the Dow on this chart here, and there's probably only two candlesticks that are, you know, bigger, maybe that third one, uh, three here, um, three bigger falls uh, since um, early March, yeah, mid-March. Yeah. Staggering, really. Yeah. And Excellent. sort of just eliminates that previous sort of two weeks of euphoria really and you can see similarly uh with the s p's and here we are today we sort of dropped down a little bit recovered a bit off those lows um so why have we been falling a bit more today because we had a bit of a relief rally a bit of a recovery on friday didn't we jerry and here we are uh, taking out those lows again uh, yeah it, it, do you know what friday though if you looked at it in the last three it didn't hold it though uh, and it did sell off and it, at one stage it was down on the day and then recovered in the last sort of couple of hours but it wasn't the best of performances on friday although it did look like that early on in the afternoon um but over the weekend you then i mean i saw these uh, numbers announced over the weekend regarding the infection rates uh, in the us they got 25000 new cases over the last 24 hours and the infection rate in texas and florida southern states i don't know why southern states are particularly I think they felt them they're more able to unlock and get their economies going, but they had record rise in infections over the weekend. I mean, that's worrying when you've got a lot of um, states looking to sort of re really reopen. Um, well, I noticed um, from an article, well, some of them are, some of them have put, decided to put it on hold. Utah and Oregon, mm. I think they were looking to today, but they've actually decided to put that on hold now because of what's happening in these other states. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I know it's alarm bells. They'll be ringing. I mean, when the I think when the US comes in sort of later on this afternoon, uh, earlier this afternoon, I'd love to see what's push the fast forward button now just to show you what's going the sort of effective news like that. Um, maybe they'll try and sort of explain it away, but I think it's quite tough because everyone's talking about when is the second spike going to come along? And you, we were talking about it earlier on. This actually could be just an extension of the first first sort of wave because it, yeah. they hadn't actually dropped and had that, you know, uh, low in um, infections or not nothing like in Europe in the UK. And I just uh, I do yeah, find you, it. Interesting. You can't help but think that I mean, you know, the US sort of locked down to a lesser extent than the UK. I think uh, you know only a 
a few weeks a few weeks after we did and yet they're probably opening up quicker uh than the, definitely the, they're two weeks ahead of us some of the states one Trump's just rolling the dice to just hope everything will be okay and then hopefully he can you know get another four years i, I don't know well, he, he's probably calculated that the, uh, the, the, a failure of the economy is more likely to uh, dent his election prospects in November than having another 25,000 deaths. I mean, I know it yeah, sounds horrendous, Adrian. And China, I suppose, can't he? Well, he can do. You know, and it's a bit like when you hear about Bolsonaro in, um, in Brazil. It's just nonsense, some of the stuff they're saying. It's almost a complete denial of the facts, calling it a little flu. And, and, and as I said to you um, before we came on air, that some of the comments about telling people to man up, I mean, it's almost playground behavior, which is quite similar to Trump, the way he uh, shoots from the hip from uh, you know the, the, the Twitter mobile um, rather than um, usual forms of government. Uh, one of the things that happened over the weekend, Adrian, that did make me laugh, the uh, Trump announced that he was going to withdraw a third of troops from um, German soil, which is about 10,000 troops. They've got another 20,000 there uh, on top of that. And I was thinking at the time, gosh, that's quite interesting. And then... Um, uh, the uh, defence secretary, the German defence secretary, phoned up the Pentagon to ask, and they said they don't know anything about it, <laughs> which is extraordinary. Um, they are, that's where the, the nerve centre of the US military is. They knew nothing about Trump's tweet, <laughs> uh, which is bizarre, isn't it? It, it is, it is. Uh, in some ways, uh, I'm going to miss that sort of weird focus of, people's ire. I mean, Trump is just, rid it, I just wonder whether he realizes how much he's ridiculed globally. Uh, it is, yeah, he probably doesn't care. Does well, he? no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's, he's, he's definitely got some psychological disorder <laughs> that means he's totally impervious to other people who've got a lot more rational views of things. Um, but his mind, uh, it's impossible to know what he's thinking and why he's doing things. That's, yeah. That's really it. Uh, anyway, um, uh, uh, on a little bit from Mr. Powell, I, I did actually joke with someone the other day. I said that uh, it's more likely that whilst Jay Powell, who put the cat amongst the pigeons, he's the chairman of the Federal Reserve agent, and he was the one that sort of painted this rather depressing outlook. Uh, and Trump obviously is always contradicting him because he wants the economy to be doing well because it will improve his election chances, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, Whilst Trump contradicts them, you, you, you could say that Jay Powell, you know, it's a case of don't shoot the messenger. All he's doing is telling you as it is. That's his job as the central banker. But um, someone has said that the chance that it is possible that Jay Powell will still be in his job come Christmas, whereas Trump may well not. Which is <laughs> So uh, I wonder whether Trump will try and get rid of Jay Powell before his uh, before the election. <laughs> Because he, he may not be doing anything after the election because he won't be in power. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting. I mean, the polls now putting, um, where are we? Uh, oh, the page is gone. Where are we? Uh, general election. Uh, here we are. A couple of polls putting um, uh, Trump ahead, actually, weirdly. But uh, where is actually a lot of these polls really putting Biden quite quite some distance ahead? Yeah, the, the, the uh, poll yeah, of right. poll that I've seen has got him just over 10 percent ahead, Biden. Um, yeah. Although, yeah, that's things some of the more recent change. ones. Yeah, things can change. 
Uh, they can do. They can do. Uh, so, so the other effect um, of uh, what what's been happening, is, as I said, is the dollar. But um, an interesting move is in sterling, Adrian. That's something we sh we we should uh, also uh, yeah. mention uh, because that obviously uh, <laughs> is more relevant to to us here in the UK. And it suffered a bit of a double whammy last week because of the shockingly bad GDP data. Uh, and I think you know this whole. Brexit thing. It's not really sort of progressing much. I don't know what impact the, the failure of the talks to progress is having. I'm just not sure at this stage, but um, maybe if Johnson does um, inject some sort of momentum into these talks, he's got this uh, um, video chat with um, the um, President, commission, uh, president of the commission, president of the commission. That's it um, of the EU. Uh, and you never know; they it may unlock a few things. I'm not sure, um, but uh, I go can't help but think that the markets will become rather immune to a lack of progress uh, at some point on the on the understanding that they'll sort it out uh, in the eleventh hour. We talked about this last week. How the you know, yeah. European Union has a, a history of uh, agreeing stuff at the last minute. Uh, mm. But we know this, so why get our, our knickers in a twist if it's just going to be agreed? Um, mm. and, and just to make it very clear, I think the UK played a, the, 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 the right hand by, I think, Gove signalled to the EU last week that, that the UK would definitely not be seeking an extension. And, and the extension has to be granted by the end of the month anyway. And if we don't seek an extension, there's no way the EU are going to be positioned to grant it by the end of the month. So I think that just... Says, says where we're going or where the UK is going and the fact that these heads do need to be knocked together because the 11th hour is the 11th hour. It's not, well, maybe it'd be the 11th hour next year or the year after. No, no, it's this year. Yeah, so let's just get on with it. Yeah, God, please do. Yeah. Uh, I thought we, we had escaped it. Uh, mind you, I was the one that brought it up. Perhaps I could, um, That's true. Well, you know. um, all right, so let's um, quickly then have a look at the uh, the calendar for the week ahead uh, then, yeah. Jerry. There's uh, uh, a few bits uh, in there for sure. Um, do you want to run us through those? Yeah, it's a little bit quieter than um, last week. Um, we've already had the um, industrial production numbers from China slightly better than predicted but the, the, remember China they've had a remarkably uh, positive uh, run of um, they hadn't had any infections in Beijing for I don't know was it 30 or 50 days I don't know something like that but then now sure. they've got a second sure they haven't. Got a, that, yeah of course they haven't <laughs> they tell us no why would yeah. you not believe them uh, anyway they've had a but they have had a, a rash of new infections in this wet market that's uh, biggest in Asia, apparently. Um, and that's causing a few concern. But anyway, apart from that, uh, nothing really of note, apart from, as I said to you, Boris Johnson's uh, meeting by video link with the uh, EU Commission president to try and get these Brexit talks going. Um, Tuesday is the first sort of interesting one, um, a, another central bank meeting. You know, we talk about what's affecting these markets. It's government largesse and central bank largesse. So, and this is the reason why we focus on central banks, because they really are what's driving a lot of the moves in these markets. So if we don't talk about them, you're going to be missing out on some of the, the key sort of bits, really. But so Bank of Japan tomorrow, Adrian, or overnight, um, they've yeah. got a two-day meeting, uh, no change in rates. Uh, they, they're, they're so negative, it's uh, just not going to happen. Um, but um, the governor of Japan, uh, Mr. Kuroda, he's going to clarify how uh, aggressive they're going to be. And this is all going back to what all the other banks are going to be doing. If they're not cutting rates, 
they're doing something with quantitative easing. No different yeah. in Japan. They committed to buy an unlimited amount. So not 600 billion, 700 billion, whatever it is. In Japan, we'll buy as many as we need to. And that's unlimited. And believe you me, in Japan, wow, have they got debt. Um, yeah. It's sustainable debt, but the pile of debt in Japan, they've got a lot of stuff they could buy. So um, anyway, but other than that, um, little impact sort of expected, really, unless Groda uh, says something that's not expected. Um, um, so that's the Bank of Japan. Uh, we then have uh, retail sales in the US. A pickup, a pickup in retail sales, but you'd expect it because they've yeah. sort of been gradually easing their lockdown. And all I would say is at what risk to a second wave or, or at what risk to a, an extension of the first wave? Um, it's that trade-off, lives against um, economic um, hardship, really. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then this, it, it, this Fed chair, Powell, testifies. Um, you think, chair? Why is it, what's his chair got to do with it? Uh, he's the chairman of the Federal Reserve. He testifies, uh, presents his testimony to the um, uh, House Financial Services Committee in Congress, and it's this semi-annual mon monetary policy report. It's quite interesting, but what they tend to do is they release the text of what he's saying, uh, literally, as he stands up. So the market gets all of it in one fell swoop. So it'll be interesting at three o'clock on uh, Tuesday just to see what uh, he's saying. He's got two days of this. So you'll see on Wednesday, Adrian, again at five o'clock in the evening, our time, that is, um, yeah. he talks again. And it's, so it's a two-day testimony, and um, but the first day is normally the um, interesting one. Uh, I think they get a, uh, and we can see the impact from last week of what 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 he, yeah he can say yeah, and no, what we, can happen as a consequence definitely high impact if uh, if you don't know what uh, these central bank um, governors and chairman are doing then uh, you could be missing a few tricks um, it's it's normally quite um, market moving stuff uh, Wednesday uh, inflation data in the UK CPI look at that back round again another month another month of lockdown. Um, Wow. Um, what is it? Uh, another fall? Uh, it, it's sort of heading to the same sort of region uh, problem area that the Eurozone's got. And it's funny, you know, I, I'm quite a bit older than you, Adrian. So I come from the, the baby boomer years and I, we, or our parents suffered the consequence of, record, you know, rampant inflation in the 70s, 1970s, 1980s. And it became a really, really dirty word. And Taming inflation was the major success of the late 90s, noughties, um, the death of inflation. But of course, inflation actually is a good thing. If, if you run a business that makes widgets and you knew that you could not increase the price of your widget because of price pressures, what chances are that you're going to invest in your business? So economists do need inflation. They need a certain level of inflation to help oil the machinery. Not too much, not rampant inflation. Inflation got out of hand with OPEC and massive increases in uh, in oil and, and energy. Um, but this is the opposite happening now. And I think it's a big problem. And that's the problem for the UK. We're falling into that same issue. Um, on the one hand, you've got governments and central banks spending vast amounts of money supporting the economy. You'd think it would um, stimulate inflation. Maybe that's in the years to come, Adrian, but it's certainly not heading that happening now, is it? Absolutely not. No. And of course, no. that'll affect, you know, the thinking at the, at the Bank of England. And that's why, and we're going to get on to that in a second. Um, talk about negative interest rates. 
gosh, you know, that's, that's not going to help much. Anyway, uh, well, we could talk about it now, in fact. Um, yeah. Um, the uh, monthly policy meeting from the Mon 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 Monetary Policy Committee, uh, that's the rate setting committee of the Bank of England. Um, no change in interest rates. Well, you might think, well, how on earth could they cut rates from 0.1%? Believe you me, they can. They could, they're not going to, but they could cut them negative. Uh, and that's where a lot of speculation is starting to build that the bank may cut rates uh, to below zero by November. Uh, and the, some of the market, uh, the market, money market instruments are pricing one in by um, March next year. So it's somewhere between November and March that um, uh, negative interest rates will uh, will happen possibly um, but we are going to get a, an increase in the quantitative easing program that the bank of england runs uh, it's currently at 645 billion they're doing another 100 billion what's that to you and me we'd all like a share of that 100 billion and the the answer is it filters through to us somehow but probably yeah anyway uh, in different lots of sort of measures that don't always affect us individually but does help the, the economy in general um, so that'll be keenly anticipated Adrian and of course um, yeah midday is when it all uh, is all announced so definitely some quite big central bank um, uh, elements this week isn't there yeah um, yeah yeah and 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 then finally Friday uh, UK retail sales um, which where we, um, well, it's core. Well, yeah, looking at it's just a rebound. Yeah, it's um, it's a, a rebound, um, but um, given the expected lockdown, you'd expect um, a better rebound, perhaps than that. I don't know. I mean, yeah. remember this is a month-on-month -month change, Adrian. So you're not going to get 18% fall uh, in um, um, in April, in May's number. No, no, it, it's certainly slowed down. It's actually but different you, to the number I originally had. Back open today, though, haven't we? So it's um, you know normal sort of non-essential uh, retailers uh, back open today, yeah. though. Yeah, um, so. yeah, yeah. No, that's right. That's right. Uh, anyway, um, hopefully the easing of the lockdown is going to herald some even more positive news um, when um, we report on the uh, retail sales this time next month. So uh, let's keep our fingers crossed, everyone. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, right. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for us uh, this week, everybody. So um, uh, as ever, we'll be back next Monday, uh, the 22nd of June. So please tune in uh, for another uh, Trend Signal podcast. Um, but in the meantime, everybody have a wonderful week's trading. Um, hopefully you make lots and lots of profits and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Yep. Bye now.